Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. So hi, I'm I'm Marisa and I'm a compulsive eater. And I don't know why I prefer to say compulsive eater to compulsive overeater. I've definitely done my share of overeating, but I guess I kind of see it. I don't know. I guess it makes me feel like my food issues are a little bit more nuanced than just the overeating. So I have, um, you know, I have used food, you know, pretty much my, my whole life. You know, I have a story of me as a toddler going to the fridge for, you know, to help myself, you know, from before I can remember. And, you know, and I know for sure by elementary school and definitely by middle school, you know, I was, um, you know, I, it was my, you know, it was my companionship. It was my solution to boredom. It, it was, you know, just kind of always there for me. And I went to my first OA meeting with my older sister. I was 13 years old. And I think I did Weight Watchers a time or two as well. And of course, you know, that was, you know, 30 years ago in OA. So it was, you know, traditional with the, with the God stuff. And I was a believer then. And, or at least I, I did my best to be. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so I was going to these OA meetings and I kind of remember making it to like step four, but, you know, I was, I was waiting for that, you know, that divine inspiration, that feeling of like God existing. And, you know, I, I just, I never had it. I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, and I don't know, I don't remember how long I stayed in, in OA then. You know, so I was overweight, you know, as a teenager and, you know, I've been overweight my whole adult life. I tended to skip the dieting part. Um, I mean, I lost weight a few times, but I tended to figure if I was going to gain it all back anyway, why bother? My attitude has improved, thankfully. Um, You know, that is not the most useful uh, point of view there. But yeah, like, what's the point of losing a bunch of weight and gaining it back? I can just keep gaining. And let's see. So, you know, with, with the belief stuff, I, you know, I struggled with it for a while. I think by my early 20s, I was probably more of an agnostic. And by my mid 20s, I fully embraced being an atheist. And it felt really good to give it up, you know, to just accept that, you know, that I just, I just can't make myself believe. Um, you know, of course, any who do, that's awesome. That's great. But, I, I can't do it. And I, I just, I, I'm, I don't have any interest in trying to fake it. So in 2013, I, uh, my employer changed health insurance and weight loss surgery was covered. And it was funny cause it was like, I hadn't really given much thought to weight loss surgery. But it was it's like once I did, it was like I'd been thinking about it my whole life or something. It's, it's really funny how it kind of lit up as an idea in my brain. You know, I, I'd been in an, I don't think it was related to him, but I was in an abusive relationship with a guy for a, a few years. And it was, I guess, at the end of the relation, towards the end of the relationship when I found out about the surgery and, and decided to to get it. I think about six months after I got rid of him I, is when I got the surgery. 
And I knew that it wouldn't, you know, I don't think I expected it to be a magical, a magical fix. You know, I was definitely really hopeful about it. And I'm still glad that I got it. Uh, I got the, um, now we debate, like, if I should, like, talk about it, meetings or not, you know, I feel like those, I feel like secular is always safer. There are actually some Overeaters Anonymous meetings with that focus of weight loss surgery, too, um, that I found, well, through our way footsteps and some other ones. So if anybody's interested, feel free to, you know, reach out to me. So, you know, I lost a lot of weight on that. And I started exercising. And I actually ended up doing a couple of, um, I started running. I had no idea that I would ever in my life want to run. You know, it's definitely one of those people, if you ever, you know, see me running, you know, check to see what's after me. But I, I really, I fell in love with it. I was, I was slow and I, I never did get fast at it. But I did come to realize that, you know, I have a lot of stamina. Apparently that's what I was built for, was stamina. So I did, you know, I did like a 5K and then a 10K. So 5K is like three miles, 10K, which is like six miles, you know, and then I did it. And I think by the time I did that, I was pretty sure I wanted to do a marathon, but I went ahead and did a half marathon, you know, first. And I'm trying to think if I was, I don't know, maybe a year and a half after surgery or so. I don't know. It's hard to remember the timeline. I didn't think ahead of time on it. But I did the Flying Pig Marathon here in um, Cincinnati, where I live. So, you know, 26.1 miles for, for a marathon. And um, it took me six and a half hours. And nobody has ever in my life said, well, if it took you six and a half hours, that doesn't count. That's a long time for a marathon, by the way. Um, you know, I mean, the fast ones do it in half that time or less. But, uh, you know, that, that was really amazing. Unfortunately, now I, I finished two marathons before I realized I had asthma. Go figure. Um, I don't know how much of that is my dogs, but anyway, asthma has kind of cut that short. I would like to get back to running again someday. So, yes, yeah, so I had that surgery in 2013 and I lost a lot of the weight. I never got down to like my goal weight. I got down to about where I am now, actually. Um, and one of the best bits of advice they gave for, um, after surgery, they gave me a lot of, you know, the, where I got surgery, you know, they gave us access to dietitians. They gave us a lot of advice for post-op and stuff, and they were great. One of the best pieces of advice they gave was um, don't consume alcohol after surgery. And I didn't listen to that. So about, um, I don't know, somewhere between six to nine months post-op, I started drinking. And I never really had a problem with alcohol. I don't think I was ever 100% healthy relationship with it. But you know, I wasn't a regular drinker. I wasn't like crazy with my drinking or anything. But I can just imagine that my brain lit up and thought, oh, this is how I can get my fix again. Because I just couldn't get it the same through food anymore. That's not to say that I can't use food and that I haven't used food. It just wasn't the same as before surgery. You know, so it started off innocently at first. But, you know, um, by the time, I, I know by 2015, 2016, it, it was starting to become my go-to solution to life. And, you know, by the time I got to about 2018, I was, you know, I was, I was starting to think about stopping drinking or at least trying to moderate. It, it was, it was not good. Um, 
and eventually I could see and admit where I was headed. You know, it was, I didn't lose a job over it, didn't get a DUI. And I always think of that as, you know, those are the not yet. If I don't die first, I do believe if I go back out and drink that I could, yeah, that I could achieve all of those not yet. So I've seen what I've done with food. So I can just imagine what I could do with alcohol. So in May of 2018, um, I, I finally decided to get some help when I went to AA. And I went to a big book meeting of all things for the, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, reading from the book and stuff. And for whatever reason, I mean, I'm sure I knew from away about the God stuff, but I don't know if it was desperation or, or determination or what, but, you know, that, that just didn't, that didn't put me off. And one of the best pieces of advice I, I got as, as, as a newcomer, like I am so not fundamentalist, probably a little bit to a fault. But a woman there told me some of us find it useful to do, they found it useful to do 90 meetings in 90 days when we start. And I, I took that like it was gospel truth and I did it. That's, that's probably the only thing I've done that's been 100% like, like spot on, you know, going from the, uh, the uh, 12 step 101 book. So yeah, I went to that meeting and I haven't had a drink since. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of that is the power of the fellowship. I know this is about food, but, you know, um, I think that's probably what taught me a lot of that faith in the fellowship, you know, and sharing. You know, I remember one woman in particular who kind of impressed on me how important sobriety was. So a few months into sobriety, you know, I was thinking about the food. I'd always connect. I always knew that, you know, I think I connected long before that. The whole, you know, I think my drinking and my food can't, comes out of the same place. They're not the same, but they're, you know, they're maladaptive coping mechanisms for the same crap. And so I started going to OA meetings again. And, and I really wanted, it was my first time going after food with the idea of I wanted freedom from the obsession. You know, it had always been about, you know, wanting freedom from the consequences. You know, it's easy to want freedom from the consequences. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be limited by food. I don't, you know. Um, but yeah, so one day, so coming to the eating. Um, so the beginning of May of, of last year, of, of uh, 2021, I was eating a snack and I was eating one after the other. And it just suddenly like hit me like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm pretty sure it's the first time it ever hit me like that. Like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm not enjoying it. And I felt compelled to do it. And my boyfriend was there and he saw me doing it. And I didn't want him to see me doing that. You know, I, I like to do that in secret. You know, calories just aren't as bad if there's nobody's around. So, yeah. And, you know, and I like telling that story over and over. So, like, I don't forget, like, that it wasn't enjoyable. And I think that's actually one of the foods I haven't had since I started in, um, in May. <laughs> So I've, I've actually been abstinent since I started in May. Um, I kind of developed the idea early on in my sobriety. So early on in sobriety, I worked on the food, but I kind of gave up and decided that I was just going to work on sobriety, that that was number one. I really do think drinking can take me down really fast. Food is a little slower. I'm not saying one is worse or better than the other. And I would never say that one is easier or harder than the other. They're just different. So yeah. So I tried for a few months and then, yeah. And then I kind of went back and just started using the food and, you know, gained a bit of the weight back. 
but then this past May, I decided um, that I that I really that I was done, and OA came to mind. And thankfully, secular OA was around this time. Um, most of my time in AA has been in secular AA meetings. I mean, I've done both really since the pandemic, so I've just done it secular. And um, and thanks to all of the dedication like, of this group, you know, and because I was unemployed when I uh, started NOA this time, you know, I was able to do, I, I decided I wanted to do that 90 meetings in 90 days because I just, I just don't know if I could have, I don't know if I could have been sober without that. And so, and I still remember like early on, like going to those OA meetings and thinking like, you know, people would say they had 30 days of abstinence. I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> um, and it's tricky too, you know, because we define abstinence for ourselves. I really said about defining my abstinence in a way that I, I wanted it to be kind of a clear cut thing like sobriety is. I mean, with sobriety, it's really obvious if I'm consuming alcohol or I'm not. And, you know, with food, that's a little different, but, you know, I have come up with an abstinence that I feel really good about it. Like it gives me like freedom within boundaries, which is amazing. You know, like, yeah, like I have rules that help me for different like social situations. And I probably give my, hopefully I give myself a little more forgiveness too. So let's see. Um, and sometimes I like to talk about the numbers on the scale and sometimes I don't. Like, I am really happy with what the scale tells me these days. I admit I have vanity. I'm really excited about the idea of getting to like a, a healthy, like an ideal weight. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of like, like the initial goal weight that my surgeon set for me after surgery is a good goal. Like, I think it's very achievable. And I, you know, and I haven't reached there. And, you know, I'm excited about getting there this time, <laughs> but I don't want to be too excited for it. Like I do, the weight loss is important to me. I like it. I'm vain about it, but I want it to be about more than, it's got to be more, more than about the number on the scale. Cause I've had that goal before and that goal has failed me. You know, it's a, it's a consequence of the work, you know, that I put in a consequence of coming and rambling at meetings or being secretary or, you know, reaching out, texting somebody else you know, or, or, or listening to somebody else and at least trying to be, you know, some support. And, you know, it's about being able to be at a party and being able to focus more on the people or at least on how incredibly awkward I feel instead of just focusing on what food I can put in my mouth. Um, so I don't, I feel like my, I don't know. I feel like I'm more scattered than usual lately, which is really saying something. What else I have? So, so for, I guess if I wanted to talk about the steps some, <laughs> I've, I've done a little bit of the steps. That's one of the places I almost feel bad sometimes, but I know I've done a lot of work on recovery. I've done a lot of work on my, how I think about things. Um, especially when I'm not using food, you know, I, I end up uh, coming up against myself quite a bit, like that mid-afternoon slump there, or, you know, 
it's so funny. Like, I'll think I'm hungry and I'm like, I know I'm not. If I really thought I were, I would add in a snack. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and I thought about it, but then I would have to argue with myself every day over it. I thought about adding it as optional, like an optional afternoon snack, but then I just knew that that would be a way for my little voice to weasel in. But I don't know. Maybe that's about all I have tonight. I thought I'd do a little bit. <laughs> I also like to judge myself a lot. I don't know if anybody's picked up on that. Um, if anybody wants any pointers on how to judge yourself really harshly, I'm, I'm actually still pretty good at it. I, I tried, I try to get a lot better at it though. It's so funny. Like, you know, I get, I go back and forth on that, but yeah, I think that's all I've got tonight. Thanks for uh, listening to me and I hope there's something in there useful. <laughs>